0: Friends, I don't know about you, but I have been loving diving into the Psalms this summer. And maybe that's because I love summer, and I love the Psalms, and it's just one of those beautiful combinations. (laughs) But whatever it is, I am loving it. And I hope that you are also getting a lot from our Summertime in the Psalms series. We are back today in episode 88 this is the Love Your People Well podcast, and we are going to dive into Psalm 19, which you're probably familiar with. I feel like it's one of the more popular psalms, um, and, you know, hopefully you've already read through it at some point in time. <laughs> there are some verses in this psalm that are some of my all-time favorites to um, to understand who God is, and and I really had never thought before about what do I learn from this psalm about motherhood, about teaching my kids, raising my kids, discipling my kids. So I particularly enjoyed reading through this psalm with that lens on. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Um, We're going to go through the same questions we've been going through. What do we learn about God? What do we learn about ourselves, our lives? And what do we learn about family life? How to live family life well? So this is good stuff, my friend. Let's dive in to Psalm 19. Well, friends, as we dive into our conversation today, looking at Psalm 19, let me just remind you that you can always find a, a blog style version of our conversation today in the full show notes, which are on the website. So you can head to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 088 if you want to check out more um, kind of a refresher of what we talk about today. If you want a link to some other episodes that hit on some similar topics, or um, if I mention a particular resource that you're thinking, "Ooh, I want to click on that. <laughs> I want to learn more about that. Um, all of that is on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 088. And as we kick off today, looking at Psalm 19, there are actually three resources that I want to spotlight uh, before we even jump in. Because you may find as you're listening, as you're thinking through this Psalm, (laughs) that one of them hits home for you. Um, So the first is to consider for yourself, how consistent are you with actually getting into God's word yourself? Not just thinking about it, talking about it, going to church and hearing other people talk about it, but actually opening the word or your app that's going to read it to you. That's fine. (laughs) But getting into God's word yourself. If that is something that you would like to grow in your consistency and and really maybe your confidence of understanding his word and praying to God, then I would recommend checking out the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. As you're um, moving through the summer, heading into the back to school routine, uh, that might be a really great time to commit 45 days to developing this habit to really get you through I mean, all of life, if we're not in God's word, it's, it's not a legalistic thing. Like life is going to fall apart tomorrow because I didn't have time to read God's word, or I didn't take the time to read God's word. But you will notice over time if this habit is or is not a part of your life. So the Holy Habits 45 day Bible and prayer challenge is a really helpful free resource for you. And alongside that, I will mention as well, just a reminder that we do have several devotionals available through Love Your People Well and the resources there. Um, A 40-day devotional on anger and emotions, a 40-day devotional on communication in your marriage. We have some smaller devotional workbooks about finding your identity in Christ. So there's several different, more topic-specific devotionals that, again, will get you into God's word, get you seeking his wisdom his plan, his grace, and, and giving that back to him in prayer. So a lot of those resources from Love Your People Well are purposefully designed to get you in God's word, just like we're going to do today as we look at Psalm 19. But then I will mention two other resources as well. Um, and this is probably front of my mind because I actually just posted it today <laughs> as I'm recording this. In the Love Your People Well Etsy shop, we have a number of, of different really, I would say, small, very practical, tangible tools for family discipleship, for like weekly planning or prayer journaling, a variety of different things. But um, if you really feel like I need something tangible, I know I do. If I don't have something to actually fill out or write down, like I can't look at it, it's. I'm not going to say it's going to go in one ear and out the other, but it's going to be pretty close. I need something tangible. And that's why I really enjoy developing these smaller practical tools. And so you can find a lot of those on the Etsy shop. And like I said, I just put one up this morning thinking about back to school, um, like a one-page weekly planner, combining you know what are my chores and responsibilities, the things I have to do this week, but also what are my areas of prayer? What am I thankful for? What Bible verse am I focusing on? Combining those two, because we so easily keep them separate, And that's not real life. Real life is the messy middle where everything's coming together and we're trying to figure out how do I balance it? How do I keep my priorities straight? How do I do this? So that's probably why it's on my mind. I just posted that today. So it's a good example of the type of practical tool that you could find in the Love Your People Well Etsy shop. And then let me just highlight one more resource for you before we jump into this Psalm. And that is the Hope Planner. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, I have mentioned it before. Um, Yes, I have developed some, like I said, some smaller kind of one or two page planners or to-do lists or prayer journaling and these sorts of things for the Etsy shop. But I personally use and love the Hope Planner it's more than just one page. It's like a tangible product. They will ship it to you and it's beautiful and it really does a great job of of merging and combining what's the spiritual stuff going on in my life this week that I need to prioritize that I want to focus on and what's the logistical stuff, the appointments and chores and tasks and meal planning and all of that. And it's all in one place. And so I really enjoy that. Um, And again, as you're kind of thinking about summer's going to wrap up soon, we're getting into the back to school routine, Um, that is another resource that I want to highlight there. And that really jumped out to me today as I was thinking through Psalm 19 and how do I want to take what I see in this psalm and teach my kids, disciple my kids, and I find the Hope Planner gives me a great space to make those sorts of notes or like reminders to myself So that when life is crazy and busy, I can still remember, oh, yeah, I wanted to highlight this. Oh, yeah, this is an opportunity to talk about God. Um, So I wanted to highlight that resource for you as well. So we've got all of that in mind, lots of resources there. Um, We've got my usual disclaimer I'm a therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. This is not professional or personal advice. Check out loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling if you are thinking counseling might be helpful for you. But now, friends, let's turn the corner and let's actually dive into God's word. And I've already mentioned we're looking at Psalm 19 today. And what we're going to do is the same format. I'm going to read through the 14 verses of this psalm. And then we're just going to walk through them and see what do we learn? What do we learn about God, about ourselves, about family life? What are some takeaways that I see from this psalm? Which, of course, may or may not be the takeaways that the Holy Spirit is really pressing on you. And that's okay. We just want to grow together. So I'm going to read from the New International Version, um, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, we could easily stop right there because God's word is powerful and alive and active. But you may have heard the terms general revelation and special revelation. And um, this is the psalm where I think those most specifically come from. As we look through these verses, we see in verses one through six, the general revelation that God reveals himself in nature to the whole world, to the general public. Now, there certainly are later verses, um, I think Romans has a few, <laughs> several other places in the New Testament, where um, where the apostles highlight the reality that no one is innocent before God, because he reveals himself in nature. We all have the opportunity to be amazed by God's glory, simply as we look at the sunset, the mountains, the oceans, the leaves on the trees. I mean, everything around us speaks of God's glory. And then verses 7 to 11 highlight the special revelation, the fact that God has not only revealed himself in nature, but he has revealed himself in his word, in his law, that we can have personal connection with the Lord. We can understand him what he wants, what he says is good and right, what he wants us to do. We can understand all of that, not so much from nature, but from God's word. And so, of course, as we read through both of these sections, general and special revelation, we see so much about who God is. Ultimately, his glory. I mean, that's right there in verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God. And I mean, the heavens, it's not so much talking about like, after you die, we go to heaven. What does that mean? Um, they're talking about the sky, <laughs> like the world that is bigger and beyond anything that we see around us that we can touch, that we can interact with. When we look to the stars and the skies, the sun and the moon, we see the glory of God. And and it's very poetic as you read through these verses, Um, about how nature is proclaiming God's glory, even without talking. (laughs) Simply by existing, nature is highlighting God's amazingness, his creativity, his beauty, his power. Nothing is apart from God's glory. And then as we go on, verses 7 to 11, where we see the special revelation of God, the word of God? What do we learn about who he is from diving into the Bible and listening to his words? Well, here's some of the words that we see. He is perfect. He is trustworthy. He makes us wise. He refreshes the soul. He gives joy. He gives light. He is pure. His word is firm and righteous. It is more precious than gold, sweeter than honey. And he gives us great reward. And and yes, in both areas, when we look at nature and when we look at the Bible, in both places, we're seeing the glory of God, but we're seeing it differently. I mean, it's different to see something beautiful and just be amazed and say, oh my goodness, praise be to God for that beauty or that creativity or the intricacy. I mean, gosh, if you just consider the human body, Have you ever taken an anatomy class and like they talk about what goes on so that your eye can see or your ear can hear so that your heart can beat, not just like a few times in your life, but multiple times every minute for most of us, like that's happening without you thinking about it. All of these intricate, intimate things that God has done in his creation. We learn a lot about how amazing he is. But we don't necessarily, looking at nature, learn a lot about how perfect and wise and trustworthy and right is our God. And and largely that's because of sin. I mean, this psalm does not highlight that specifically, but, you know, we can look at a hurricane, we can look at a tornado and we can say the power of God is awesome, but we cannot look at those things and say, that seems good. That seems like something I can trust, the person who created that. We cannot look at, um, I mean, we can be amazed by the intricacies of, you know, the human body, like I said, how our eyes work, but we cannot look at something like cancer, which is also very intricate, very complicated, but it's not good. It doesn't seem perfect. And so because of the fall, and the sin and the brokenness of the world. We can't see and learn everything there is to know about God simply by observing nature and the heavens and the creation. We need God's word and his Holy Spirit is alive in his word to speak to us, to help us understand, to help us make sense of it, to help us remember it. And that is where we see how perfect god is how trustworthy and how faithful that is where we see that he makes the simple wise that he gives our hearts joy (laughs) that we are pure as we fear him and look to him and trust him and follow him these are things that we experience much more on that intimate relational level with god than simply looking at nature but we need to do both And we get to enjoy both. So we see a ton in this Psalm about who God is, how glorious God is. And then as the Psalm is wrapping up, that's really where I see a lot about myself and probably where you can see a lot about yourself. Now, yes, I can read verses one through 11 and acknowledge, I had nothing to do with creating the heavens. I have nothing to do with if the sun does or does not rise. I am not perfect. I am not always trustworthy. I do not give joy to the heart all the time. Um, But God is the one who does all of those things. So we do see some discrepancy there. Who is God versus who am I? Who are humans? But it is especially at the end of this psalm, I think verses kind of 11 through 14, that we see the reality of, of how broken we are. Verses 12, 13, and 14 are some of my favorite verses to pray through because they're so so raw and they're so real. I really love that it's acknowledging right there in verse 12, who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. And that is something that all of us need to be realistic about. I have a lot of errors in my thinking, in my choice of words, in my tone of voice, in how I interact with people, in how I understand God, understand my marriage, my kids, myself. There's so much error that I don't even realize is there. You have probably heard the cliche about, um, like, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) Um, And it's so true. I mean, there are so many times over the years where God has opened my eyes to realize, oh, I was mistaken about that. Or, oh, that was actually sinful. <laughs> that thing that I did, or the thing that I was um, talking about with someone, the way I was talking about someone—you don't always realize it in the moment, and sometimes for a long time. That doesn't mean that it's right. It just means God is gracious, and He is—he's going to wait until the timing is right, the opportunity is right—to help us see those hidden faults, to help us discern our own errors. And we see also in verses 13 and 14, the reality that not only do we make mistakes and we sin accidentally, like without even realizing it, but also we all engage in willful sins, intentional sins. We all do things at least once in a while, if not every day, that we know in our heart of hearts, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be saying this. I shouldn't be acting like this or thinking like this. And so we can appreciate this prayer in verse 13, asking God to keep us from those willful sins so that they will not rule over us. And yes, it goes on and says, then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. This is a Psalm from David. Um, and he, he highlights that throughout several different Psalms that he writes. Um, Not making the claim that he is purely innocent, like I don't have any sin, but making the distinction between intentionally sinning against God and, and that more original sin. It's just a part of my nature, part of, of who we are as humans. And so, um, so he's not claiming here that if I can avoid all intentional sin, I'm actually blameless. I'm actually innocent but he's making that acknowledgement that I can at least avoid the most uh, painful sins, the great transgressions, if I am, by God's grace, seeking to follow him rather than seeking to follow my own flesh, my own will, the sins that might be ruling over me. So we see here not only how incredible God is, but we also see how broken we are. The reality of our own hidden faults and our willful sins, the reality that these things can and sometimes do rule over us. And we see the incredible dependence that we have on God. If we are going to avoid willful sins, we need God's strength and grace and mercy to make that happen. And in verse 14, um, which... You know, I said 12, 13, 14. Those are some of my favorite verses to pray. Verse 14 here is probably my number one. When I pray through scripture, that is the number one that pops onto my tongue most often because it's so true all the time. I want every single word I speak, I want every single thought in my head and attitude in my heart to be pleasing in God's sight. And the fact that we have to ask for that we have to pray for that, tells us that doesn't happen naturally. That is not who we are. That's not who I am. I am a person who does try to follow God. And yet there are plenty of times where the words of my mouth are not pleasing to him. And the meditations of my heart are not glorifying to him. And there are plenty of times where I, I may not deny it with my words or maybe even consciously with my thoughts, but my actions, my attitude, overall, is not sending the message to the world that I trust the Lord as my rock and my redeemer. And so we not only see here in Psalm 19, the incredible, amazing beauty and power of God, the wisdom and perfection of God, but we also see the incredible lack of any of that in our own human hearts. We see how much we need him, if we are going to live lives that please him, if we are going to make good decisions, if we're going to live life well. And when we think about, okay, with all of that in mind, how do we live life well? How do we take Psalm 19 and actually live it out, actually let it infuse our parenting, our marriages, our our day-to-day lives? We see what incredible opportunity we have. If God truly is present in every single piece of nature, whether you're looking at the moon and the stars or caterpillars and leaves, or you broke your leg and you can't get off the couch, anything about creation and how things operate and how things move and stay together, physics, chemistry, all the different things, all of that, every single moment is an opportunity to praise God, to learn about God, to rest with God, and to see him. And so when I think about family life, raising my kids especially, but even just for myself, because it's so easy when life is busy and hectic and overwhelming to get kind of that really narrow focus. I'm like, okay, what's my to-do list? How am I going to get through this day? How am I going to get everyone where they need to go for their various appointments? It's really easy to get distracted by those day-to-day things, and this psalm reminds me to take that broader view (laughs) that every moment I can look around and have something to praise God for or to spotlight for my kids and say, wow, look at that. Isn't God amazing? Wow, look at that. What do we learn about God? You can ask questions or praise him. Everything around us, every moment of our lives is an opportunity Whether that is the general revelation and simply looking at creation, or maybe it's more specific with a discipline we have or a habit we've developed, something we're reading about, thinking about, learning about in God's word, something he's telling us in our prayer time, all of that is opportunity to praise him and to learn about him and to help our family do the same. And yes, this comes out probably most obviously in our parenting, but this is true in our marriages as well. We know, now I'm blanking, is it Psalms or Proverbs? (laughs) But we know that iron sharpens iron. It's a very common cliche. And yes, it is actually from the Bible. God expects his followers to sharpen one another, to teach each other and encourage each other and grow together. And so in our marriages, that is a great place and a great opportunity, again, to praise God, to learn about God, to seek to grow with someone who's more on a peer level than our kids are, as we seek to follow God day in and day out. And so that is the first takeaway that I see personally from Psalm 19. As I think about my marriage, my motherhood, my day-to-day life, I need to be aware and intentional of the fact that everything, every moment is an opportunity for discipleship, for teaching, for encouragement, and for growth. Not just for me personally, but for the people around me, the people I'm spending time with and interacting with. If God is everywhere, then there's no reason not to be highlighting him, praising him, learning from him and about him all the time. But the second takeaway that I see here is much more, it's much more personal as far as more maybe an individual takeaway than a family takeaway, except for the pretty important fact that I have a responsibility to teach my kids to do the same thing. And that is the takeaway of humility. I read this Psalm and I have to ask myself some hard questions. Questions like, Is God's law more precious than gold to me? I can read the Psalm verse 10, which tells me they, you know, God's law, God's word, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold, sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Okay, that's fine on paper. That's fine in the Bible. Is that true in my own heart? Is God's word more precious to me than gold? Is it sweeter to me than honey? Now, I I don't know about you, my friends, but I have a pretty strong sweet tooth, especially right now while I'm pregnant. Like, if you offer me chocolate, I will take it. If you offer me ice cream, I will take it. (laughs) If you offer me an extra 10 minutes to read God's word, I mean, I'll take the 10 minutes, but I probably will not. I, I shouldn't say probably. I definitely will not every single time use that spontaneous, unexpected 10 minutes to dive into God's word. That's just reality. And and that humbles me. It humbles me to realize that even though God's word is more precious than gold and sweeter than honey, I do not always experience it that way or think about it that way or prioritize it that way. I have to ask myself the question, have I seen great reward in my own life, my personal life, as I follow God's word. That's right there in verse 11. It tells us by them, again, by your law, by your word, your servant is warned in keeping them. There is great reward. But there have been plenty of times in my own life where I have done what God wanted me to do, which was awkward or anti-cultural. It was not maybe what the people around me expected or wanted or thought was good. And there's been hardship that has come from that. There has been um, difficulty in relationships with non-believers. Have I really experienced great reward from following God's word? Now, yes, there are plenty of times I have, but these are some of the hard questions that this psalm makes us ask. We can read these truths and we can easily say, oh, yep, that's true. And we go on with our day but it's worth asking ourselves, is this true for me? Is this true in my heart, in my life, in my personal struggle to follow the Lord every day in a world that really doesn't want me to? And then of course, we have to ask ourselves, am I living by willful sins? Are there hidden faults? Well, I know there are hidden faults in my life, but are there hidden faults that are hidden because I want them to stay hidden. I don't want God's Holy Spirit flashlight to shine on them because then I'd have to deal with them. Then I'd have to confess them. Then I'd have to do something different. The reality that I see here in Psalm 19 is that one of my big takeaways is I, I really can't be anything but humble before the Lord, apart from his forgiveness and his protection And his redemption. I am guilty. I'm guilty of falling incredibly short of his standards and not even always realizing it, not even always caring about it. But thankfully, (laughs) thanks to Jesus, which of course this psalm was written before Jesus was born, he's not specifically mentioned, but he is innocent of great transgression. He is the one who is making me blameless because I follow him and he is blameless. And he gives me and you and all of us who follow him, he gives us his righteousness, his perfection, ultimately his holiness. That's not because we deserve it or earned it, but because in our humility and in his greatness, he gives it to us willingly. So those are some hard truths for me to wrestle with. But then let's I mean, let's not even talk about how hard is it going to be to teach my kids to do that, to help them learn God's word and and learn how to praise God and interact with God and understand God while maintaining that humility, while actually challenging themselves to, to not just be a Christian on paper or in conversation or on Sundays, but in every single intimate, deep, dark, no one else is going to know about it, Moment of their lives. That is a hard call of parenting, my friends. And uh, I don't think I have it in me, (laughs) but thankfully I have the Spirit in me. I have Jesus in me, and He can do it. And then my third takeaway as I read through Psalm 19, my takeaway for family life is just how incredibly important it is to draw close to God. Because clearly from the psalm, everything is God's. Everything is created by him. Everything is for him. And he knows everything. Verse 14 is so obvious. He knows the words of our mouths. He knows the meditations of our hearts. He knows the things your husband will never know. The things your friends will never know. He knows things you might never know. And the more that we draw close to him, the more likely it is that our lives will please him, that we will experience his perfection, his trustworthiness, that we will experience wisdom and joy and, and our souls being refreshed because that's what he delights to do. So we can enjoy his creation, dive into the Bible, and we can invest time in prayer, in intimacy with the Lord. And again, we do that individually. We do that with our husband, with that couple's devotional time, sharing what's going on, praying for one another, opening God's word together. And we do that with our family in family discipleship opportunities. Day in and day out, we draw close to God if we want to live life well. And so I've, I've already said many times You might have a very different takeaway as you read Psalm 19, as you pray through this, there might be something very different that God is telling you about how to live your life, raise your kids, invest in your marriage, invest in your family. And that's great. That's between you and the Lord. I would love to hear about it. I think it would greatly bless and encourage um, our Facebook community. It would greatly encourage me. Like it's good to share these things with each other. But these are three takeaways that I see from Psalm 19 about especially how I want to relate with God and how I want to teach my kids, help my kids to relate to God. So let me remind you of some of those resources in case they hit home for you as we've been talking, Um, the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge to help you get into the word consistently and confidently the devotionals that we have available, diving into different topics, the Etsy shop with practical tools to kind of day in and day out live this out, um, and the Hope Planner. I mean, I mentioned that as my favorite and my go-to planner, um, in part because the way it's organized makes it so easy to keep my focus on what do I need to do for the Lord this week? What is he teaching me? What am I confessing? What am I praying about? And then adding in little reminders throughout the day of what to mention to my kids, or don't forget to notice this, or I mean, whatever it is. It's, it's really set up that way and I personally really appreciate that. So just a reminder there, that's always available to you. All the show notes, all of this from today is at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 088. And I hope friends, you will join us back on Friday as we pray through Psalm 19 for ourselves and for our families. But until then, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.